What's up, guys? Today on the show, we're going to be talking to a legend out of Spokane, Washington. He's literally the pioneer of mixed martial arts out of the city. He only coaches and develops winners and champions. You do not want to miss his story here on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you guys today. Before we get started, I want to give a massive shout out to the listeners of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for all the support in the last four and a half years. Now, if you're new to the show, if this is your first time listening, welcome aboard. We we appreciate you ha- you know being here. However, I will ask a question for all the you know the, the the current listeners and the brand new listeners. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. The reason reviews are so helpful is because it gets the show out to more people. We've hit 91 different countries, 66,000 downloads and counting. Uh, we have taken this global and we intend to keep, continue growing the show, but it's, uh, we need the help from the listeners. So if you guys have an iPhone or any kind of Apple device and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think of the episode and share it with your friends and family. Now, those who know me and have followed me for a while know that I am a fight fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of combat sports in general. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a former boxer, boxed for Golden Gloves for three years back in you know the mid 2000s yes sir i loved it i love i love the i love the fight game and and i followed a lot of fighters i've had fighters on my show um i've had coaches on my show and and today we get to bring on basically the man who was the pioneer of uh mixed martial arts in spokane we're gonna get to learn more about him and his journey and uh hear about what what's going on nowadays with him this is rick little rick thanks so much for joining the show brother oh no problem I love it. Excited to have love you with show. us, man. Thank you so much, man. I'm excited to have you with us. Now, I will tell all the listeners real quick, if you have not watched the documentary on YouTube, it's called Fight Town. It's from a couple years back, but um, super, super intriguing. We will touch base on a few stories there. I will ask a couple things, but that documentary is about a one-hour documentary, and it goes more in depth um, on certain things, and I would highly encourage you guys to to check it out because it's uh, there's some really funny stories that are that are in there that they break down and, and it's very interesting. So before that though, I want to get to know you, Rick, as, as an individual, um, before the fight game, talk to us about your upbringing, the sports that you might've played. And like, when did you actually get into the fight scene? Like, when did you, you know, start getting into combat sports for that matter? Well, I didn't get into combat sports till my low twenties of all things, you know, everybody did martial arts, their life, most of the, you know, a lot of, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people did their karate and their stuff their parents made them do. I never did always in team sports, always in football, baseball, traveling with the team, um, large teams. I never did like the martial arts individual, uh, sport. Um, only did I get into it when I had to, when the team, Sports ran out after high school, and a lot of us weren't lucky enough to play in college ball. Um, I sat around and was still a great athlete and could do nothing about it, you know, so sit behind the desk. And um, so I, uh, you know, I just went to a kickboxing gym 
because I missed it. I missed the boys. I missed, you know, uh, getting competition going. And, um, you know, I was trying to, I was just seeking some competition or something to, to, to keep some fire going in me, you know, as a young male, I think 20s is your prime and you're done after high school. It doesn't matter. That's your prime. They, they stick you be, behind the desk and do normal adult stuff. And it just didn't work for me. So I went into martial arts by accident. Cause that's all there is. Like I said to you before, there is no football gym. There is no baseball gym. You just, uh, you're done with it. And, um, so there's martial arts gyms. So that's what made me walk into it. I just miss the other sports. You know, I love that you said that. And it's, it's one of my favorite things. It made me reflect a lot just in the last 10 minutes after, you know, we had talked previously, the, the whole concept of like competition that, that hits a lot of athletes and former athletes really hard when they get out of, and they're not blessed to go into the collegiate game. And even those who are in the collegiate game, when they're done, it hits them even harder because there really isn't that opportunity out there you can play in rec leagues you can play in certain things for certain sports um but the closest thing you're going to get to baseball is softball in a rec league right and then the closest thing you're going to get to football is flag football right you're not it's not the same right it's not the same and i believe the same as you like martial arts and and just combat sports in general it's such a good opportunity go ahead go ahead it's funny you say that because flag football we were national champs on my team i got that obsessed with it um because that's all we had and we it was obsession hoop fest my team got six foot and under champions one year in hoop fest and you know how big hoop fest is oh yeah spokane so i mean my desire to compete is is um evident i mean you can't win hoop fest six foot and under you can't win flag football nationals you can't win flag football state unless you're a little crazy because Man, I, that was tough stuff. Hoop Fest and flag football was a bunch of guys like me that were either they used to be in the NFL or college or didn't make it like me and were angry about it. Right. And so there's some competition out there. And, um, you know, I'm jumping way ahead here, but that's reason why my um, team right now in MMA is excelling is because of what I learned and brought into flag football and to hoop fest things like that are tra- i use those winning ingredients into me into what i have in my gym and that's what works and, it, and I, very little of it's martial arts believe it or not i mean there's a i should say, say very little but a lot of it is not martial arts a lot of it is stuff i've learned through competition through team sports even my own team that created that is so cool. Shout out Hoop Fest too. I've been, I've only been at, from Idaho. Uh, we traveled up there twice, and that was in 2014. Was my last year competing there. We we didn't take the championship, but we got in the final four of the six foot and over in our com- uh, competitive division. And uh, I mean, I'll tell you right now, it, it's exactly what you said there. I mean, there's a lot of guys, former college guys oh, yeah. out there. They're they're hooping, man. And that's like it is literally the biggest three on three tournament in the United States, for that matter. One of the biggest in the world. Um, up in Spokane, Washington. If you guys haven't ever played there, Hoop Fest is. If you're a hooper and you want to go compete and have a good time, that's that's a that's a pretty good place to be. I just want to give you a little shout out there. Hoop Fest, one of my favorite uh, weekends in the entire world, cause, just because there's a you just see a lot of different types of people and it's fun and you get to compete. Hoop Fest, <laughs> you're you're under you're understating that. I mean, what a what a thing Hoop Fest is, right? It keeps us oh, yeah. sharp. That we get all the competition we want. I mean, I can't, I've gone into it before thinking it was just going to be, you know, because I was in MMA, like a little, you know, keep me, keep me sharp or whatever. But people are out there 
fighting for their lives out there, right? It's 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 competition everywhere you turn. Every guy, chubby, unchubby, you know, in shape. It's it's a battle. It's what we're looking for, right? As what I was talking about, as guys, we're we miss all that stuff, and we need this. We need to bang a little bit, and and you get it in hoop fast. That's for sure. Oh, I can 100%. imagine you were probably a scrapper too. I imagine, and if you made it that far in hoop fest. You you were beat you were beat the hell up I guarantee oh yeah it. and and, you, we, and that's what you wanted exactly yeah we we loved it man I mean I took I took elbows to the face my body was sore mm-hmm. especially when I ended up I'm only six two but I had to guard dudes who were six eight six nine I'm like you're just banging banging but the, that's the thing is like comp- competition that's what we thrive off of if you're an athlete or a former athlete like that's what you love you love competition. And there's no three in the key. There's no three in the key in hoop fast. So you got to get those six, two guys out of there somehow. And it's just straight wrestling to do it. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. It, it's crazy. It's, oh, crazy. It's, it's so much fun. Shout out hoop fest. Now, Rick, you, you're, mm-hmm. we talked about it. You're the pioneer of MMA basically in Spokane. So yeah, Spokane's known for hoop fest when it comes to the sports world. Um, but what, the, what a lot of people don't know, and again, I'm going to reference that documentary, Fight Town. Make sure to go watch this. I'll put the link here in the description because it's actually really rad. But talk to me about why you wanted to start an MMA gym. And, and originally, like, it started in a basement. Um, so talk to us about why you wanted to start this little, you know, training facility uh, for people in Spokane. Did you know that there were a lot of fighters there that that had that passion too? Like, what what made you, what drove you to do that? It's, it's fun knowing something that other people don't know. Like I said, I just... For some reason in my my athletics, I was always able to pick up stuff, not through coaching. I, I honestly, I hate saying this, but I had some terrible coaches growing up. And coach, you know what I mean? You're only, you get lucky if you stumble on one out of 10 good coaches. Most people are coaches just because they just signed up, right? And not because right. they're good. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, to be an elite coach is to be like elite athlete. That's, that's one in a thousand, right? So, I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to get a one in a thousand coach. Uh, my coaches were terrible. I mean, honestly, I, I have no problem saying it. All the coaches I had at North Central High School, the North Central High School football coach, the basketball coaches I had from Salt Middle School, you name it, terrible. And, um, you know, it, it, are you still there? Cause you're yeah, still I'm frozen. Right here. Oh, right okay. Here. And it, and it, um, you know, it's, and I realized that even in my twenties as we're doing grappling stuff and, things that I observed how you're supposed to do chokes and grips. I, I, I picked up on it, but nobody else picked up on it. And um, I had a lot of people asking me questions. How did you do this? How do you do that? And I would have to piece it together myself. I'd go, what do you mean? Why is your grip strength more than others? And I'd be like, well, you got to grip without your thumbs like this. You know, I see how they grip like this. They don't grip like this with your fingertips. You know, you grip, you grip with your hands like this gable grip for all the wrestlers out there. These are things I just picked up from watching and other guys didn't do natural. And so I would have to show them. And I, before I know it, I mean, I've literally become like an instructor type. Everybody's asking me questions. How do you do this? How do you do that? And if I didn't know the answer, I would figure it out through my own trial and error athletically. I would literally figure it out. And um, that's that's how I started in, in coaching because I just – it became – so much that I realized nobody around here knows anything about jujitsu and grappling, you know, nobody. So, um, I guess I know more than everybody here. At least that's the way I was thinking. And that's what made me open a gym. I'm like, oh, this is fun to teach. I'm going to keep doing this. 
I love that, man, because, you know, a lot of people don't have great coaches going forward and you made it a goal to at least like learn. If you didn't know something, you learned it. And I think that's really cool. You're open and honest about that. You, you were learning along the way. And this is the next piece I want to get into is you're obviously a good coach. Somebody might be listening to this, be like, I don't want a coach who doesn't know what they're doing, but you're obviously a good coach. Let's talk about some of the names like Mike, uh, Michael Kiesa, right? So like we got Kiesa, like how did, how did Mike, like, how did Kiesa walk into the gym? And, and just for everybody to know, like Rick worked with him in his infancy in the sport, I should say. So I want to talk about that relationship that you have with Kiesa um, and how that began, because obviously just, yeah, I just mentioned that name. People are gonna be like, oh, shoot. Okay. You know what you're doing. And you've obviously got some, some credence there. So talk to us about your relationship with Kiesa and when, what, when did he come through the gym and how was that relationship with him and how was the learning curve for him? Yeah, um, I'm glad you bring up Kiesa. That's you know, that's that's Mr. Number One. What an amazing story he is. He is when I was in my infancy learning. I actually wasn't a great coach back then. So much so that I would never. I can honestly tell you, I had no idea Kiesa was even good. I thought he was average at best. You know, I had so many high higher profile wrestlers and things that I thought were amazing. I just I still feeling it out. You know, I I now can tell you that this is a a longevity sport, you know, it's like cross country running. This isn't a sprint. This is who can maintain some decent level for a decade, not some high level for a short time. It's, it's the decade long cross country marathon. And um, it's hard to predict who those people are. And that's Mike, you know, and I should have seen it. And now that I go back, I could have said, I, I should have known because the guy never missed a practice. He'd get his ass whooped and he'd still show up every day. You know, I had other guys that were whooping everyone's ass. So they get, you know, you get their attention. I mean, and you think that's the, you know, the guy, but sometimes it's the guy, like I said, the young Kiesas that are still scrapping, even though they're losing and showing up early and leaving late. You know, I mean, uh, it's, I should have saw it coming. I didn't know not much enough about this sport or anything. Uh, I was learning to see a guy like Kiesa coming, but, Man, what a blessing he's been. I mean, um, the guy is a the work ethic he displays for the last twelve years, the the example he sets for the team and the humbleness that man has. I mean, this guy is grounded. So, you know, any camera, any big thing, any big opportunity would never go over like his mother and his 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 girl, um, me. He, he is so grounded to what he started with. He, you would never know. You know what I mean? You never, it, it almost, it almost surprises me every time I go to Vegas or something and people ask his autograph and stuff. Cause I just see him as the same kid. He, he has not changed a lick. You know, he hasn't had the McGregor thing happen to him or, you know what I mean? I think, uh, you know, whatever we can say about Connor, he's earned everything he's got, but uh, I don't think he's very grounded right with his, coach and everything like that you know and he, he could be I don't know but um I know Mike is I know um he, he's he's a our coaches are all, us as coaches we all hope we have a Kiesa in our gym and that's a guy who's been there from the beginning who's had every offer you can imagine to leave and better opportunity and he has not even entertained it whatsoever you know he's just stuck to what got him there and he's stuck to his roots in Spokane and um he just knows it just takes good old fashioned work to get it done. And um, I'm just so glad that he's a rep of my gym. 
That that's so awesome to hear. One of the things I, I actually want to just second what you said. Like I, I didn't expect him to be good. And I'm not meaning that in a disrespectful way. For those who follow the sport, uh Kiesa came in in that division. He's not like a big bodybuilder style build. He's not like a Kamaru Usman type of fighter where he, they're like a specimen physically. Like you don't look at him and think, okay, he's gonna outmuscle me. He's gonna he's got all the strength. He's got technique and he's got hard work and he's a scrapper. Like he's very technically sound now. But like when I first saw him fighting. Um, early, early in his career into the UFC, at least I'm like, ah, uh, don't know if he's going to last. And he, he has, he is such a good dude. And then just like following and seeing the way he conducts himself. He's, he's not some, a lot of people have this, like, I guess they think that there's the stigma around fighters that these illiterate people know, like Kiesa is super, super good. His personality is awesome. He's, and I love that you mentioned grounded. That makes more sense now because you can tell the way he conducts himself that, He's got a good head on his shoulders and he knows where his roots are and he doesn't, he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't stray far from those. You know what I mean? Even with all the success that he's had, I think that's really cool that you have that, you know, that type of a name representing your gym. Another name is Juliana Pena. Um, if you wouldn't mind like briefly talking about, you know, what it was like with Juliana when she came into the gym, I mean, she's made herself known in the, the women's side of things over for the, for the fight game. Can you talk to me about what it was like when Juliana came into the gym and what it was like training her? Much different, much different. I knew right away this fiery Venezuelan, um, um, the passion in her eyes. Like I said, right when she walked in, you could feel that she found something that she hadn't, that she needed. And um, I knew at first punch, at first time I held mitts for her, I knew right away. I knew we had something different with her and um, something special. And I didn't even know what I was doing back then, right? I was just opening up a thing, kind of feeling out, kind of teaching people. And I just remember just thinking, this is, uh, this is different. You know, this is, this is, um, this is the toughest girl, maybe that can be the toughest girl on earth. And the good news is that that initial thought I had 13 years ago, it's going to come true here. August 7th. I, I, I see no way we lose this fight with Amanda Nunes. I really don't. I, I, I've, I'm not just saying that because I'm, uh, um, biased obviously, but I've always thought that. And, um, when this girl puts it together, there's not a single female that can hang with her in, in, uh, including Amanda. I don't, I don't see that fight being competitive after two or three rounds. I see her running away with that fight. That's, that's awesome. I love hearing that. I mean, Amanda, obviously, big name in the sport. She's super well-rounded as a fighter, great striker, um, an immense amount of power and a lot of energy. But I'm not lying. It's not just because I'm talking to you. I, I try to analyze fighters, obviously, just from, you know, I'm the armchair type of person. But I try to analyze them with a non-biased perspective. And I'm looking at them, and, and, and I, I think Juliana's got the skill set required to beat Amanda Nunez. Because a lot of people say she's unbeatable. Like, Amanda's unbeatable. No, no one's yeah. unbeatable. Everyone's anybody can be beat. We saw that with Ronda Rousey. We thought the same thing with her for a while. And then all of a sudden we saw what could happen. I think there are chinks in the armor. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I, when I look at all the fighters that are around, literally the only person that I think that has the skill set necessary um, to, to beat Amanda Nunez is Juliana, which is crazy because that's not easy to do, but I do think she has as well, as long as she executes properly, granted they're swinging four ounce gloves and anything can happen at any time, but I think she has a skill set necessary. I think that's really cool. And then you're part of that. Like that, that's super cool to me. And that's why I wanted to get, do you ever like, 
look right now, Rick, kind of look back at, and you see in these fighters, you've got the the big names and you've had, you know, other name fighters that I'm sure you're super, super proud of too. I just mentioned those two for the sake of the listeners who might know these people, but there's tons of fighters who've come through your gym that you've helped and that they fought on maybe smaller promotions too, just local level or even a little bit higher level. But do you ever look back and just be like, man, isn't it crazy where we've come so far? Like from starting the gym back in, there you are, there you are. Can, can you hear can me? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Sorry, someone called in. I didn't know that. I thought I had that blocked, but. Uh... Oh, it's all good. So my, my question is, do you ever look back, Rick, now, seeing where everyone's at? Like, you see these fighters and see where you're at. It started in this little gym in the basement. Do you ever look back and be like, man, like, look at us now. Look at look where I'm at. Like, do you, I mean, I know it's a, you probably don't want to be too prideful, but do you ever look back and just smile of like where it started to where it is now? Of course, you know, of course, because like I said, I just did it and I still do it for this reason, believe it or not. I, it's made me feel like a kid. I did like, there's nothing like someone coming to your basement going, man, teach me the way, like I'm some guru when I don't really know what I'm doing back then. And it still makes you feel important, even if it's one person, even right. if it's three pe people, even if it's nine people engrossed to something, it's it just even having one person say, man, show me show me how to be amazing or show me how to do this. You know, that's, that's fun and that's motivating and that's continues to be what it is, you know, even though um, I don't look back that much at, at, at that because it's the same feeling, you know, they come to my gym and we work on stuff and they improve and, and you see them get better in life or martial arts, or whatever it's, uh, um, it still feels exactly the same. It feels like I'm saying doing the same thing, you know, um, so I almost don't look back at that because it, it doesn't feel any different. You know, I still feel like 23-year-old, 24-year-old me uh, spitting out what my opinion is and having someone actually look at me like it's gold, you know, and um, and that's valuable to me. And it's still it still feels exactly the same, honestly. I love that, man. One question I want to ask you as, as someone who trains, I've always been curious this. I mean... In the fight game, I've been told by my old coaches uh, it's very difficult for them be to be a trainer when when their fighter suffers a loss. And that's what I wanted to kind of pick your brain on real quick, you know, especially at a higher level. Uh, when you get into the UFC, these higher promotions, there's a lot of money involved. Um, if you win a certain fight, you might be fighting for the title next, which could bring in a lot of money. Like There's a lot of things that, that are at stake when you get into the higher level fights. And, and my question is this. How does how do the losses affect you as a trainer when you don't have all the control with your hands to go in there and do anything like you can give the advice, but you might see your fighter go down in a high level fight. How does that affect you as a trainer and how do you go about handling that so that your your particular fighter can get themselves grounded and, and, and move forward from a loss? Well, um, the losses haven't been as bad as you think, you know, they, they are brutal. I mean, you put big, big time and, um, and long camps into beating certain people and then it doesn't happen. Um, they're brutal, but what's great about the losses is there's honestly, and this is a very bold statement, been only very few out of the hundreds, maybe thousands of competitions that I've been involved in that I've really believed we were just beat where the team or the person is better, right? I've always, I've always seen something where not, no secret that they did or anything magical, that that was a very winnable fight. And, and um, 
it's like I like to compare stuff to NFL football because my favorite. And it's just like losing to a field goal, you know, in the final second. Somebody boots a 55-yard field goal. That that could easily just went with a gust of wind the other way. And so a lot of losses are still encouraging because um, there's, uh, there's um, you know, there was ways to win that match. And so, you know, nobody believes they're perfect in here, the perfect fighter. And everybody knows there's going to be mistakes in fights. So as long as there's hope that the mistakes you made are rectifiable to win, um, they aren't that bad. I haven't really experienced a Kiesa loss or Juliana loss um, where I'm just like, man, they're just, I mean, we not, we never beat those. We never beat that person. You know what I mean? Where it's a right. college team playing an NFL team. And um, Julie's fought the best in the world, the Durandamese and the Valentina Shevchenko's, and she's winning both those fights that she lost. Those are encouraging to me. You know what I mean? Those are like when, what happens when she puts it together? Right. She beats both of them in a night, I believe, you know? So, um, uh, they haven't been that bad. You know, they say losses are learning experience. Some of them are bad learning experiences for some athletes because we've blown some people out and they, and they'd have, they, I don't see them beating us ever. And that to me is more discouraging where it's like the gap is so big. How, you know, that loss teaches you, do I even maybe belong at this level at all? Um, we haven't, I've not really felt that. So um, I don't take these losses as hard as one might think. So, so Rick, you mentioned, you know, the, the losses. I love hearing about the, the learning opportunities that come from the fighters. I look forward to seeing the fighters as they move forward now that I have your perspective as a trainer. But I want to know more about, you know, you've, you've trained some big name fighters and you continue to train. But talk to us about Sik Jitsu. Talk to us about what you've got you, Rick, Rick Little. What you're doing right now, obviously the pioneer of, of MMA in Spokane, but talk to us about what you're doing in the fight community outside of just training right now. But I just want to know more about the gym. I want to know more about your business ventures. Well, my, I don't have no business interest. My business interest is still this. It always is this. I keep meeting amazing people and athletes that I love working with and, um, you know, there's people like there's the Mikes and Julies, but there's the people that are rising, like the, the Jamel Jones, Ashton Charlton's, uh, Brady, Brady Heastons, and um, so many more um, amazing, amazing athletes that it's just, um, I just, that's all I see myself doing. I can't uh, just be like, oh, you know, I'm done working with, with, with people, you know, I'm ready to move on to something else. Um, this is more valuable to me than money. You know, the money isn't really what, what drives me in this. It's seeing, seeing the growth and development of young athletes that I once was, um, seeking a coach that, you know, that could guide them like one, one, something like I was looking for. And, um, it's so fulfilling to me. I just, uh, that's all I'll be doing. So when you say what, what are your business interests or whatever, that's, that's all it will ever be that I can foresee right now. Um, and in it, now that I've, you know, just like fighting yet, you get experience, you figure out how to do it better and more efficiently. That's how it's going with this, with this coaching thing. Um, sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing enough, but sometimes less is more, you know, I realize that, uh, these athletes just kind of sometimes need to be just set the right direction and shoved. Right. And, and things get done. I don't have, you don't have to overcoach 
over call plays, overdo anything and let the, let the will surpass the skill and, um, and win some big fights because ultimately people forget these are fist fights and it, it comes down to a lot of times who wants it more simple as that. I love that, man. And I love to hear that you're, you're in there and I, and I, you answered my next question, which was some up and coming fighters. I loved hearing the names that you dropped. I have one last question for you as a coach, you know, you, you, you referenced how the sport is like a marathon, right? You, you've got to continue its longevity. Like you've got to keep putting the work in, you know, for fighters out there, maybe that are in local promotions right now, um, maybe they're smaller promotions They're they're fighting at local gyms and they're trying to see what their next steps are, but maybe they're in their mid twenties and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They don't see the opportunities that are coming. You know, what, what, what advice would you give them, Rick, having been there with some top level fighters, as well as fighters that are trying to make their, their way up the ranks. Like you just mentioned, what is some advice you'd give as a high level trainer that you are for those guys that are like, okay, I, I want to get to the UFC. I want to get to Bellator. I want to get to these higher level promotions, but I don't see myself getting out of here because I might not be that good. What, what's your advice? Well, here we go. Are you ready? This is where I get become controversial because I have a big mouth sometimes. You find me. You find me. These nobody, like I said in coaching, nobody knows what the f they're doing. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Um, and if they had a brain on them, yeah. Everyone that come from Spokane, um, anyway. Everyone that comes from Spokane comes from here. You know what I mean? And um, anyone that's within five hours of Spokane should come to here. You know, I've been very inviting to people and anybody that wants to try or whatever. I, I've always, I've, I, you know, cause sometimes where you live is not your choice, right? You've just been raised a certain area. But if you have the desire and you see the results, the only gym in the world that's made two ultimate fighters from scratch. I got another kid on the ultimate fighter right now that I expect to win the show completely. It's going to be number three. Um, and, you know, put 11 people into major organizations. I don't know if there's a place that's done more, to be honest. I really don't. And um, there's bigger gyms out there, but they're recruiting centers. They, they've recruited guys that once they're developed, you know. So if you want a, a place that has developed people from the ground up, there has been no better place than this place right here. And to me, um, it's when I was young, I was lost. I'm looking away, trying to figure out how to do things. To me, there's a place that has figured it out and that's accessible. And if you haven't hit me up and you haven't, and you, especially if you live in town and you haven't trained there, you are don't you really don't want to make it because, you know, you, you're scared of success because, you know, if you come into my place, put the work in. If I see something in you and I put my work in, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So basically what your question is, is the advice is. If you want it, you know where to get it, and and they know where to get it. And if they ain't and if they ain't here, then then they don't want it. I love it, man. That is the best response ever. I love it. I love it. I and I think it's accurate. Yeah, it's the truth, and I, and, I, and I dig it. Yes. So, where can we find out more about your gym? Where where can they find you on social media? If somebody's like, hey, I want to contact you, um, how do they how do they contact you? Maybe they're not in Spokane. Maybe they're out out of the you know little bit of a reach in a different community. But how do they how do they get a hold of you? Well, I'm probably a little behind the times because the best way to get a hold of me is Facebook. I'm always on my Facebook Messenger. I, 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 Facebook Messenger for me is the best thing ever. Um, you know, um, Rick Little on Facebook, you, I, I'll pop right up. 
Ricky L I L Ricky L I L on um, Instagram. Um, not quite as much on there as much, but those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Um, or just come to Spokane and find me. I love that stuff. You know what I mean? Come make it happen and I'll make it happen with you. Um, and, and that's, that's the problem. Like I said, we have a lot of good fighters in Spokane. I mean, there's been, I'm not going to say name, but there's some damn good fighters that I know if they were with, they, they made the right choice and came here, they'd have been in a long time ago. And, and so um, ultimately, just like I said in the very beginning about coaches, pick in this sport, you get to pick them in the beginning. You know, you don't get to pick your high school coach and, and all those other coaches as you're growing up in intramural leagues and stuff like that. Now you do. If you're really serious about your career, go look up, go look up who's getting stuff done and, um, and go find it, go make it happen. That's what I did. I started out at the Gracie Academy with Hoist Gracie himself. I watched him on TV. I was blown away. I took my college money and said, mom and dad, I ain't going to college. And I went down to Torrance, California in my geo storm. And I drove down there and I trained with Hoist Gracie. Um, that's how I started. And I made it happen, you know, and uh, my path led me a little different direction than, than belted jujitsu, but it led me here. So, but it started with me just going after it. And that's what is, these people need to do. And, and, and it, to me, it's pretty cut and dry. If you want it, you're here. If you don't want it, then you're just dinking around where you're at. They're just dabbling around. I love that. That is so cool. I'll make sure to put these here on the description of the page so you guys can contact Rick if you want to take things seriously and get your, your game to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Little, Sick Jitsu. Man, I just really appreciate your time, Rick. Uh, amidst all the technical difficulties and everything, you stood with me, and I appreciate that. And uh, hope to stay in contact in the future, man, and wish you the best of luck as well as like Juliana and all the fighters going forward. Uh, I can't wait to see him. So once again, man, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, we're going to have a couple world champions by the end of the year. So uh, that'll talk by itself also. Let's so, do it. I um, can't wait to see it, man. Can't wait to see yeah, it. Nice meeting you. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm, te technical difficulties are my fault, but uh, that's not my specialty. Um, but you'll see what my specialty is by the end of the year. Heck yeah, brother. No, I appreciate you, man. And for all the listeners out there, make sure you go follow him and uh, make sure to follow all the fighters. And then, hey, subscribe to the podcast because we'll be coming to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.